You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Utes. This is your daily podcast focused on the University of Utah football and basketball programs and pretty much anything else Utah related. I'm Jay Catch. He's Brian Brown. Brian, how's it going, my friend? Couldn't be better, Jake. Super excited to get this back off the ground. Mm-hmm. Super excited to be doing this together. It is uh, just another another branching out of the 1280 family here. Yeah, so Brian and I both work at the Zone Sports Network. You may know me from my work both with DJ and PK in the morning as their executive producer as well as the host of Locked On Cougars. Yes, I work on a BYU show. Let's get that out of the way right off the top here. Brian obviously is one of our part-time producers at the Zone. There's a lot of coverage with our pre and post game shows for both the Utes and the Cougars as well. We've been long time uh, confidants talking football in various iterations so really looking forward to doing this podcast brian anything else anybody else needs to know about you before we get going on today's podcast boy i hope not um no (laughs) you can always follow me on twitter i I tend to hang out there way more than i should uh at brown bear slc also i do uh frequent the boards the message boards over at utone.com part of the 24 7 network uh a good partnership that's really where i kind of got my start in this industry it's what's led me to to being able to do this with you and, and the 1280 stuff as well. So yeah, the guys, Steve Bartle and those guys over at Ute zone are great. So make sure you check out Ute zone. If you want to follow me, you can follow me at Jacob C hatch. And of course the show does have its own Twitter feed. It's really easy to find locked on Utes. really easy to find. So we'll be looking forward to doing daily podcasts with you guys talking all things Utah related and really excited to get this venture going. Like Brian said, today's show, we're going to talk about Utah and Colorado in football. Utah, Utah and BYU in basketball. And of course, we'll catch up with some other tidbits when it comes to the Utah Athletic Department. A few things still percolating around there, but two huge games to get to, Brian. Shall we break into it here? Let's do this. Let's get it going. All right. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for December 11th, 2020. What's up, everybody? Once again, I'm Jay Catch. That's Brian Brown. We are your co-hosts here of Locked on Utes. Looking forward to bringing you guys daily coverage of Utah athletics. As I say on the other podcast I do, Locked on Cougars, I say we like to be your one-stop shop for all of the Utah Utes-related news that you will not find anywhere else. That is our goal every day. It's a nice, tidy package, 30 minutes or less, ideally, so it's really easy to consume, but we do aim to make you guys the smartest Utah fan in the room when you're talking with your family family and friends looking forward to this venture brian what do you say should we talk some football first today that's the only reason i'm here man (laughs) all right well utah and colorado are set to do battle in boulder this game interestingly enough though as most people may know but some of you may not was originally scheduled to be played tonight out there at cu but the game with some of the cancellations especially the michigan ohio state cancellation necessitated a change and utah and colorado are getting the spotlight this week it is the big noon saturday game like you said 10 a.m. kickoff. That'll be an early one for Utah fans. Uh, luckily, because everybody is appropriately socially distanced, um, whether we want to be or not at this point, um, 
you'll be able to tune in from home, get some breakfast going. I, I'm sure there's a bevy of Utah fans that have done this for general conference before. <laughs> sure. So it should be an easy, easy transition for you. Um, but the bottom line is, is this is the reiteration, the recreation, um, the reinvigoration of a very dynastic rivalry, right, Jake? Sure. We'll call it, we'll call it a dynastic rivalry. I like that term. Uh, Brian, let's talk about this game because we have two teams who come in with different, I think, uh, what we call it, storylines or, or arcs of their season. Uh, Colorado comes in still unbeaten on the year. They have been one of the few Pac-12 teams who has skated through this COVID-19 situation relatively unscathed. They have not had a game affected, whereas Utah, they've had plenty of games affected. They, they open their season after two weeks of missing games against USC, and it's very much in this time of the year for Utah has become more of a developmental season for the Utes. They're only going to play five games, six games at the very most, whereas Colorado has legitimate Pac-12 aspirations, Pac-12 championship aspirations this season. So kind of interesting diverging storylines for both of these programs. Yeah, it's two programs that are basically on opposite ends of the COVID spectrum, for lack of a better term. Colorado, who has seemed to have caught every single break. They haven't missed any games, as we mentioned. They are on game six now, currently undefeated. Mm -hmm. Uh, Had a tough one canceled where they had to reschedule with San Diego State. Uh, You know, when you are going through the Pac-12 conference schedule, every game is a grind. That is one of the biggest lessons I think Utah fans have had to learn. Yep. And so sometimes getting to be to play a team that either is not quite where you are athletically or maybe not quite where you are developmentally can be a nice little breather to catch your breath. In addition, Colorado catches UCLA in the very first game of the season. UCLA just did not have a ton of time to practice together. And so they've been able to make it through under first year head coach Carl Durrell's season legitimately unscathed. Most of their their important key players uh, have stayed healthy throughout the year. I believe the only big one um, that will be missing is uh, – believe that they'll be missing a tackle or a guard for the game. I can't remember which one it is. I, be, I, I know you're right. I can't remember the name either. But, Brian, as you look that up, let's talk about some of the key players in this game. Utah fans, the Colorado team this year, I think, is a little more of a anonymous, faceless opponent than it has been in the past. I think in past years, you could look at guys like LaVisca Chenault, for example, and you said, okay, that guy's a Colorado stud. He's, he's a Buffalo star player. This year, I think that the story, the names on Colorado maybe are a little less known, but I think even some Utah fans are still getting used to their own team with some of the newcomers to that squad. Absolutely. And and I think <laughs> it's almost sad to say this, but when the youths did the jersey, uh, the jersey name changes, I think it even made it more comfortable or more uh, Just a difficult for Utah fans to keep track of them. Um, but this is mostly a, a new unit for the University of Utah. And I, I think there are some interesting storylines in terms of the terms of that. You know, you've got an offense at Utah that we expected to be much better than it is. Sure. Um, we expected a lot more of the experienced guys to, to step up. Uh, injuries have kind of plagued the Utes, first starting with Cameron Rising. Uh, we've seen Jake Bentley struggle. Uh, by contrast, I think Colorado has two stars on defense, experienced starters at that, that have really helped them establish their defense, that Nate Landman and Mustafa Johnson. Sure. Um, Landman, I, I think most Utah fans will recognize him. He was number 53 last year. He had a 
pretty stellar first half against the Utes until they blew it open. And he's kind of been the anchor. Well, he hasn't kind of been the anchor. He's been the anchor for Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, 47 tackles on the year by far their leading tackler. Also a leading sack artist this year with four sacks on the season. I think he's going to be a great player to keep an eye on in this game. You also mentioned Mustafa Johnson. He's been one of their stalwarts along that defensive line for a while now and has had a pretty quiet season, all things considered, just two sacks on the year. But both of those guys are going to be trying to attack what has been a rebuilt and reconfigured Utah offensive line that has had its ups and its downs all year long. Right. And we talked earlier about how this has essentially become a developmental year for Utah. Part of that has been on the offensive line. They made the move to start three freshmen. It has had some negative impact on them without a doubt. I think the biggest issues that you'll see, as you mentioned, uh, Nate Landman leads the team with four sacks. He's also second in the conference with 47 tackles. Um, and Mustafa Johnson is also a guy who can get to the quarterback. And, and so that combined with some some of the other, you know, they, uh, the other linebacker, Carson Wells, who's a good athlete, uh, has, has made good plays throughout the season. Um, that could cause a lot of problems for the University of Utah on this inexperienced unit up front. Um, the style of play, too, a big yes. thing. Colorado, run-heavy team. They average about 5.6 yards per play. They run a lot of plays in a game. They want to get a lot of plays. They want to wear you down. They want to grind you down. And so there will be an interesting contrast there between Utah wanting to get their defense off the field as much as possible and Colorado's defense having some experience against the Utah team that has been an offensive unit that has been sketchy at best. Yeah, we'll get to our predictions here later on in the podcast, Brian. We'll, we'll give you our predictions for the game. But the names on offense for Colorado, the Utah fans will want to know. Sam Neuer is their quarterback. He is a senior this year. It's his first full year as a starter. He did make the shift over to defensive back a year ago under Mel Tucker's regime, but came back to quarterback. He has 742 yards on the season, completing 62.1% of his passes, but only four touchdown passes against four interceptions. So not a standout pass season for him, but you like you mentioned, they do like to run the ball. Jarek Broussard, he is their running back, stud, 733 yards, an average of 6.4 yards per carry. Those are the two guys, the two headliners offensively I think Utah fans need to be aware of. Absolutely, and Broussard hasn't been uh, extremely productive uh, necessarily in terms of scoring touchdowns, but sure. he is currently leading the conference in, in yards per game and, and total yards, which is a surprise when you counter with the fact that Jermar Jefferson is also in the conference. Yep. Um, but what they really have been able to capitalize on is Broussard getting them into the red zone and then capitalizing once they get there. Uh, they've hit the red zone 18 times this year and produced 17 scores, 14 of which have been touchdowns. That will be a point of emphasis, I'm sure, for that Utah defense to not only keep them out of the red zone, but also once they get there to make sure that they only come out of there with three points. All right, yeah, we'll get to our predictions and our keys to the game here in a moment. Brian, let's switch gears and talk some Utah basketball. They're getting ready for their annual rivalry game against the BYU Cougars at the Marriott Center tomorrow afternoon. Nice doubleheader for Utah fans. You can finish off the ba- the football game around, what, 2 o'clock, and then 4 o'clock, it's the hoops game. We'll get to some thoughts on the Utes and the Cougars here in just a minute. Today's show, though, is brought to you by our good friends at Coors Light. Brian, are you a Coors Light guy? 
I love to tap the Rockies, Jake. There you go. Well, everything these days is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. But Coors Light wants you to know there's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's our good friends at Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. Brian, you and I both work in sports media. Saturdays, when we get a Saturday to chill, it's kind of few and far between, right? Absolutely. And and I got to be honest with you, Jake, this is the kind of job where you're you're always busy, you're always working. And so when those moments come to relax, you better reach for the coldest one you can find. Yep. Coors Light is the one to choose when you need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. Get Coors Light in their new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Make sure you celebrate responsibly. That's Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Check them out. That's Coors Light. All right, let's shift our attention now, Brian, and talk BYU and Utah basketball. Only the 261st meeting all time between these longtime rivals. I am interested in this game from the standpoint of we have two retooled rosters. Utah, I think, has more of the established guys, guys like Timmy Allen in this game, whereas BYU, that roster got a complete overhaul this offseason. Brian, what have been your early thoughts on the Utes to this point of the season in hoops? Well, I think the biggest thing is that the offseason has has clearly been Pella good for the <laughs> University of Utah basketball team. Look at that pun. Well done. And if you think that was bad, you're about to see some grand larceny on Saturday. Wow. Uh, if you haven't gotten to the point, it's Pella Larson. He brings a skill set to the University of Utah that they really haven't had last year. We saw good performances from Ryland Jones. Later in the year, Alfonso Plummer really emerging. Timmy Allen has a great ability to go into the mid-range game and, and do some work in there. But as defenses started to collapse, they lacked an athlete and a perimeter scorer who could really dominate from start to finish and or spell the ball when, when it goes inside to Timmy and he gets collapsed upon. And that is that player has arrived in Pella Larson. Um, we also saw Alfonso Plummer emerge a lot last year. He's a sharp shooter. When he is hot, he is just flamethrowing hot. Uh, has not shot the ball extremely well to start the year, um, but he has still been very productive. And, and perhaps the biggest emergence for him has been his defense. And so this Utah team, while it returns some familiar faces, Brandon Carlson, obviously the yeah. stellar uh, big man on the inside, Lahat Tune has gained a ton of weight and, and looks like he can be a good off the bench guy for for you know to give spells and, and work lineups. Uh, it's those additions of Pella Larson, you know the defense of Alfonso Plummer that I think gives this Utah team a little bit more a little more edge and a little bit more flair. Um, we also haven't seen a ton of Ian Martinez, the four-star recruit, highly touted. Um, it'll be interesting to see if maybe he sees a little bit more time against an opponent in BYU that I think will probably be one of the most difficult that Utah faces up to this point. Well, you mentioned the two guys I wanted to talk about in particular, Brandon Carlson and Lahat Toon. I think both of them are going to have their work cut out for them. This BYU squad is completely different than what they were a year ago. They have got a lot of big guys on the interior. Uh, obviously, you have Matt Harms, seven foot three, the transfer from Purdue. You also have guys like Richard Harward, who is 6'10", a tree in the middle there, as well as Colby Lee. So you're going to see an interesting battle, I think, in this game, whereas last year I felt like both of these teams really attacked each other from the perimeter. This year's game, I think very much could be an inside inside out type of a contest. 
Yeah, I, I agree entirely. I think that BYU's got some size in the front court. We all know the story with Caleb Lohner, yep. uh, you know, how he um, went from the University of Utah to BYU. Um, we probably don't need to get into that a ton here. If you don't know the story, there's plenty of material out there. But what it is, is it is very much a contrast in, in two styles and, and, and two skill sets. BYU with a large front court, has some athleticism, can do some things down low in the paint. How well can Brandon Carlson stay out of foul trouble? It's something that's always plagued him in his early years as a youth commit or a youth basketball player, excuse me. Can Lahat Toon provide enough of a stopgap when Carlson has to sit and rest? How will Mickey Yantunen be able to deal with the size of a player like Harms? Yantunen's sure. played a lot of five for the University of Utah at 6'8", but that's that's a good, what, eight, five? You're seven inches, you're giving up right Seven there. inches? Yeah. Clearly, math is my strong suit. That's here. all right. No, you're you're right though. It will be an interesting to see how these two teams really do match up because y- you have a team like BYU. They've played seven games already this season. They come in off of a loss, a home loss to Boise State on Wednesday night. Uh, Cougars fell behind fourteen nothing in that game before rallying to tie it up in the final seconds. A big three pointer uh, for Emmanuel Acott lifted Boise State to win. So BYU is going to be looking uh, to get back to their winning ways on their home court. But Utah does have the advantage of coming in, having won the last contest a year ago up there at the, at the, at the Huntsman Center. And it's two very different teams, I think, in terms of when they met last year. Uh, I think Utah encountered a lot of struggles towards the end of the year. Um, they did not finish nearly as, as strongly, I think, as they had hoped. Uh, it, it's weird thinking back to that Pac-12 conference game performance where sure. Alfonso Plummer went just ballistic and thinking that that was really the last time we ever got to see college basketball. It's kind of um, wild, huh? Yeah, especially in the Pac-12. So um, to end it on sort of a high but sour note because Plummer played so well, you lose Booth Gotch. It is a very different team, but I think it 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 does still favor the University of Utah in terms of there are so many guys that are back from last year's squad you know, that have been through this experience before. Now, the difference is this is not the same BYU basketball team. No, absolutely not. But I did want to ask you, Brian, so Utah comes into this 2-0, 1-0 in the Pac-12. Obviously, they opened their season against Washington and rolled past the Huskies. Idaho State, the score, the final score was 75-59, to but I don't think that that final score was indicative of how close this game actually was. The, the Bengals pushed the Utes at multiple points during this contest. How much of a uh, of a help do you think that was going against that type of a team as they get ready to face off against BYU? Well, I, I think in a lot of respects, it, it can be a detriment because I think this University of Utah basketball team has something to prove. Okay, And I think there was something that they did last year that they're very proud of in defeating BYU. That's That was a good basketball team from BYU. It was a tourney-worthy team. They probably should have made a deep run. And to get that victory when I don't think a lot of people expected them to, I think that was something that they staked a lot of pride in and they want to follow up with that this year. And, and to have to play a team, not have to, but to play a team like Idaho State and, and to take them for granted and somewhat overlook them. Now, the Bengals have talent. There's no doubt about that. And, and when you're on the basketball court, it does not matter what name is on the front of his jersey. It's all about how you play. And so I think the possibility of overlooking Idaho State, maybe in retrospect, it's a good thing to get them focused back up. But if they are looking ahead to BYU, which 
it does kind of feel like maybe they were just a little bit. And even from Timmy Allen's comments a little bit today where he was not prickly, but maybe a little <laughs> bit, a little Def- bit uh, defensive on edge. Yeah. 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 About some of the BYU questions and the questions about loner and whatnot. You can tell that this game still means a lot to these players. And so I, I would not have been surprised if that was part of what it is. The other thing too, that, that does, really helped the youth's case in that respect is that this is still a somewhat new team and a team that's really trying to get to gel and and get roles, assemble the roles that everybody's going to be playing in in the year. So I think having that opponent where you can kind of go through some of the struggles there, as opposed to having to do it against a team like BYU that can capitalize on those struggles. It is, it is beneficial. One thing I will say that I look forward to seeing Utah doing is I think that they probably looked at the film from BYU's loss against Boise State and saw how much the length of Boise State affected the Cougars in that game. BYU had a hard time generating shots, especially early on in this game. I feel like Utah has that exact type of athleticism and length that Boise State had and should give the Cougars fits. We'll see if BYU can adjust. Obviously, you you learn things in each game that you play, but as you said, both these teams are still relatively new, getting used to playing with one another, especially in the case of BYU with a lot of newcomers, a lot of transfers on that team. So, if I'm Utah, I'm going to try and rely on my length and my athleticism, especially defensively, hopefully to do something similar to what Boise State did to the Cougars earlier this week. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you really have to be uh, a strong team on the glass against a team like BYU in order to have some success. I think that's that's really, you know, like we've talked about, be strong in the middle, be strong in the paint, be strong on the glass. That'll give you your best opportunity. And then use your talent on the outside to defend them and, and, and try and try and stop that BYU scoring attack. All right, Brian, we will get to our keys to both of these games here in just a moment as we wrap up this debut edition of the Locked On Utes podcast. Before we do that, though, do need to talk to you about our good friends at Built Go. Brian, you're new uh, to the Locked On Podcast Network, but you are not new to the Built brand of companies. Am I correct? I love Built Bar so much, Jake, that I'm thinking about getting a tattoo just built on the back. And so I cannot wait to get going on Built Go. Yeah, so Built Go is one of the family of the Built Bars. There's also the Built, what do they call it, Immunity Booster. I think it's Built Go something or other. I apologize. I don't know the exact name, but they have a whole brand of different companies that are trying to help you live your life better. What I love about Built Go, Brian, is you know, and most people listening to this podcast probably know, I do early morning sports radio during the week. I wake up at 3.30 a.m. every day to go and work with DJ and PK. I can tell you this much, by about mid-afternoon, the 1 and 2 o'clock range, I am completely gassed. I am running out of steam, and Built Go has been a huge addition to my diet to help me break through that literal physical wall that I have run into. So I, I can't recommend it enough, guys. The best part about Built Go, and Brian, you can you can weigh in on this. I'm, I'm sure you in the past have had five-hour energies, the, the monsters out there, the rock stars, all the different things out there. The best part about Built Go, it's got the kick of caffeine to get you going right away, so it gets you kicked up and rolling, but it also has the B vitamins that kick in to give you that long-lasting energy, and there's no crash afterwards. It's all natural. It's a fantastic addition to anybody's diet, I feel like. Yeah, and... and- as being as part of the built family, you know that it's going to taste good. They have the three flavors. They have the chocolate mint, they have the chocolate coconut and peanut butter honey. And rather than having to drink a sugary, thick, sit in your stomach energy drink, you're going to get that great shot of a built go tasty 
and get off and rolling and feeling good throughout the entire course of your day. Yeah, so go to BuiltGo.com to learn more about BuiltGo. Use the promo code LOCKED when you get there. That's L-O-C-K-E-D. You'll get 20% off your next order. Great way to save some money on the Built branded companies. We love BuiltGo, so let's all break through those walls, whether physical or mental, and do it with BuiltGo. All right, Brian, we are closing out this debut, I guess, re-debut episode of the Locked On Utes podcast. It's been a blast. Time has flown by here on this first episode, but let's get to some keys to the game for both Utah, Colorado in football and Utah, BYU in basketball. You want to start hoops? You want to start football here, Brian? I'm going to stick to my my best aspect, and that's going to be football. Okay. Well, uh Okay, I'm going to go with my biggest key to this game, in my opinion, for Utah. And we'll get to yours here in a minute because you are more insightful on the football side of things, especially when it comes to Utah. But my biggest key to this game is I think it's imperative for Utah to make sure that they make Colorado one-dimensional. And what I mean by that is try and shut down the run game for the Buffaloes. Make them prove they can beat you with their passing game. I think if Utah can do that, they'll be well on their way to picking up a big rivalry win over the Buffs. 100%. It's it's all about this Utah defense. It's about their ability to continue the progression up front. It's it's Wati Pututau. It is Max Tupai. It is uh, Mika Tufu. It is Devin Lloyd. It is that three-headed beast that they've been playing at linebacker with Devin and Sione and, and some Nephi Sewell mixed in between going both safety and linebacker and the flexibility of that front to be able to stop the run game and force Sam Sam Neuer to be a quarterback sure, and not just a safety converted to quarterback, yeah. right? And, and running the football, make him make throws, make him throw into that dangerous Utah secondary. That's second in the pack 12 currently in, in number of interceptions. And then on the offensive side of the football, it's, it's simple feed Ty Jordan, feed the man, the rock, protect the football, make sure he and Brant Keithy get plenty of yards, plenty of catches. And if you can get some balls spread around to Solomon Enos and, and, and uh, why do I want to say Puka Nakua? <laughs> Samson Nakua. Samson Nakua. And if you can throw the ball around to some of the receivers along the way, that can lead you to a victory. And and so while Utah is a two-point dog, I actually think that they'll pull away from this one. I've got the Utes 27-21 in this one. All right. I actually had a similar scoreline in mind. I'm looking at it thinking, okay, Utah, yes, they've had their issues offensively. I'm with you. Feed the ball to Ty Jordan. Get Britton Covey. Get Brant Keithy mixed in with this offense. Make life easy as you possibly can make it for a guy like Jake Bentley. I actually have it Utah 24, Colorado 17. So I think we're in a similar situation there. Let's flip over and talk some basketball. Keys to this game in basketball for me, Brian, is Utah has to avoid foul trouble against BYU, especially on the interior. We saw BYU nearly come back and win a game against Boise State, and they fouled out both of Boise State's big men in that game. Brandon Carlson, Lahat Toon, they have to stay out of foul trouble if they want to survive in this one. And you've got to be able to to score the, the basketball yeah. against BYU. This is a high-tempo, high-paced team. It is a team that can get out and run. They do have a lot of size down low as well. They can score in a variety of ways. And so you really have to be able to put the ball in the basket on the opposite end of the court. I look to, you've got to get Alfonso Plummer going. You've got to get Timmy Allen going. And hopefully you can get some more solid minutes out of the uh, – 
Swedish sensation, Pella Larson. Pella Larson, man, he's going to be a fun player to watch for the youth. I'm, I'm, there's I, no doubt about that. I've been a huge fan of his since I saw his film on the first day. I thought he could be a great one. He's done nothing to disappoint me so far. All right, Brian, any parting thoughts from you before we wrap this thing up? It's great to be doing this. It's great to be back. Uh, I haven't podcasted in what feels like forever. Um, I'm excited to be doing this with you. Uh, for the Utah fans out there who are a little bit nervous about having a cougar invade the den, <laughs> let me tell you, first off, CTR, choose the red every time. Sure. Secondly, uh, Jake and I have worked together. He's going to be a huge resource to a, to, to this podcast, to Utah fans, uh, the ability that he has to not only bring a different perspective, but everything that he gets throughout the week. That is one of the key components about doing this is, is it has to be your job. You you have to know everything and get everything. And Jake gets that every single morning, uh, works for the leading radio station in the market and his hustle and grind is top. I don't know anybody outside of maybe Steve Bartle who can match what Jake does. And he does it across so many different platforms. It's not even fair. You're going to love it. You're going to love having Jake as a part of this. He and I have a great time talking sports and I promise you um, we're going to have a lot of fun. We've got a lot of great ideas down the road. So stick with us, tell your friends and and let's build this thing. Make sure you follow us on Twitter in particular. We're going to get the other feeds for Facebook as well as Instagram going, but search out locked on Utes on, on Twitter in particular, check out Brian at Brown bear SLC on Twitter, my myself at Jacob C hatch. And if you want to email the show anytime, you can do that as well. It's real easy. Locked on Utes at gmail.com is the email address until next time we'll catch you guys on a monday edition of the show this has been the locked on utes podcast for december 11th 2020